Romans chapter 8, I'll read verse 28. Just the one verse. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, whilst that is there, just listen, I'll read, to read a few more translations. NIV says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Amplified Bible says, and we know with great confidence that God, oh, come on, you get to follow this. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. And then I'll read the voice. We are confident that God is able now because this is the one i want to dwell on we are confident that god is able to orchestrate everybody say orchestrate we are confident that god is able to orchestrate everything to walk toward something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. God is working everything together for our good. And I want us to believe it. I want us to, you need to believe it. Now, you see, today I just want to encourage you. I, we need to believe this. What happened is this. We do have a few questions about so many things in life. And when we say all things work together for good, I know there are some people listening to me right now, you already have one, two, three, four, five questions. Thinking that if everything actually works together for good, then why is this happening in my life? <laughs> you gotta follow this. If truly all things work together for good, why am I experiencing what am I experiencing? What I'm experiencing? Why are things not working for me? Okay, all things work together for good for how long before I would actually know that everything is working out for my good? If I if I ask somebody here now, have you ever been through something bad? I can almost suggest that anyone at least who is over 25 would have been through some hard stuff in life. In one area or the other, in relationships, in marriage, in finances, in health, and in so many things. And we keep reading that scripture. That we know that all things work together for good. And, and, and sometimes people are wondering, there's no way in the world to explain what I'm going through. And there's no way I can say this is God working. But I want to also submit to you. That I am not attempting to explain to you your experiences. And I'm not attempting to show you or to explain to you that I do understand how to unravel the, the difficulties in our lives. But what I just want to do today is to tell you God's word. And I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart. 
I'm trusting that God will give you understanding that no man can give. And God, listen to this, and God will give you personal understanding and personal revelation concerning that which you're going through. Because the truth is, there is actually nobody who can actually feel what you feel. You know, I say this a lot. I don't believe when I'm counseling people to say, you know, well, I can feel it. No, I can't feel it because I'm not the one. If I am not in your shoe, even if we seem to have the same problem, I still can't tell how you feel about it. Because we're going to respond in different ways. But we serve a God. Who can sympathize with the feelings of our infirmities. And who knows exactly how to explain to every individual amongst us what we're going through. But above all, I want you to grasp this. And believe with all of your heart, it's working together for your good. Can I explain it fully? Maybe not, but I know it. Within the framework of our life. We would struggle to be able to explain many things. And I strongly believe that for those who trust God, all things are working together for good. I can give you experiences of people. I can tell you things. But I want you to know for yourself that God is particularly interested in your life and is working everything together for your good. I want to share a few thoughts with us, with maybe some other scriptures. For you to even attempt to begin to believe this, you must know that God loves you. Key. The most important, listen to this, listen carefully. The most important thing, and I say that seriously, the most important thing you need for you to begin to grasp that all things are working together for you is that you need to know that God loves you. There was a time I was telling us about love. We talk about two kinds of loves when we talk about our love as Christians. I'm not talking about types of love in the respect, but we talk about two directions of love. In other words, the love that God has for us and the love that we have for God. But let me say this. We need to love God. Say amen. amen. But you see, what actually primarily will cause you to love God genuinely is an understanding of how much he loves you. He loves us first before we love him. And understanding, you need to know that God loves you. You see, there's a way you can know God loves you that you will be at peace with anything in life. Many people don't know God loves them. They doubt the love of God. Many people, sometimes they think, God, maybe God loves me. Maybe tomorrow he doesn't love me. Maybe God is not really interested in me. No, no, no. That's the lie of the devil. God loves you with an everlasting love. And when you know, when you know, when you know God's love, hallelujah. When you know, when you have a revelation of God's love, when you have an experience of God's love, when it's not just in your head, either, when it's not just in your mind, when it's an experience, when every fiber of your body can experience the love of God, when you genosco God's love, when you have an experiential knowledge of the fact that God loves you, it changes your perception about anything in life. 
When you know God loves you, when something goes wrong, you're not going to celebrate and thank God, thank God I broke my leg. No. But you're not going to say, thank God I broke my car. No. You're not going to say, thank God. No, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about, but you can even do that. But you see, you will see beyond all of that. You will know that <laughs> if God lost me, it is impossible for the devil to have a plan in my life that supersedes the plan of God. When you know God loves you, you will resolve within yourself. There is nothing I can possibly go through that at the end of it, the glory will be for Satan. When you know how much God loves you, you will know that God is working, working at everything together for your good what it means is this god is able to put together all your life experiences to produce something that is both beautiful and glorious uh, how he's going to do it i can't tell you i don't know but i know that he will do it praise god uh, he is an expert in putting things together and making it look good god do you know how much god loves you do you really know within yourself that God loves you? Or you are doubting the love of God? Every time you make a mistake, you're thinking, mm, God is angry now. God is not happy with me today. You know, some of us, there are days that God will be will love us. Uh, yes. And there are some days we think he doesn't love us. You know, there are some things, days we think, wow, me and God, we are pals. And there are some days you think, you and God, you're not pals. You're the one fluctuating, not God. Is the same yesterday and today and uh, forever. Uh, yeah. If he loved you last night, he loves you tomorrow. Praise God. Uh, you see, so we fluctuate, not God. Uh, you are the one that needs to be rooted and established in the love of God. Hallelujah. God is not changing and fluctuating with his love. God is not the one loving you yesterday, not loving you today. You are the one not receiving God's love today. So it's not God fluctuating, we do. It's not God moving up and down, we do. It's not God trying to love you today, love you tomorrow, we do. We are the one fluctuating. So this one is for you to be established in the love of God. He loves us. Hallelujah. Oh, how he loves us. Amen. How beautiful are his thoughts towards us. More than all the grains of sand and stars above. How much he cares for me. How great his love. How his great his heart must be. That's the song. God loves you. Ah, just settle it. Not sometimes. All the time. Not when things are working all the time. When you like what you're going through, when you don't like what you're going through, when it's in line, when it seems out of line, God's love doesn't change. God loves you. Once you understand this, that becomes the premise upon which all your concerns and everything just gets thrown away. When you know in him there is no variableness. Neither the shadow of eternity. When we feel it, it loves us. When we don't feel it, it loves us. We're excited about it, it loves us. When we don't get excited about it, it loves us. We need to be established in God's law. This, this is very important. I like this scripture. First John chapter 4, I read from 16 to 20. Oh my God. And we have known. 
and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Now follow the words. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. That God, listen carefully to this, that God has love for us is not the question. But that we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. God is not trying to love. God is not trying to make a decision to love. You cannot try to be who you are. God is love. He's not trying to love. He's not waiting for you to love. And that's why the Bible can say, for God so loved the world while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Listen to this. God is not waiting for you to be a good boy before he loves you. There's no scripture that backs it up. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Greater love has no man than this, than a man will die for his friends. So for him to die whilst we were sinners shows that the ultimate love of God is revealed unto us even before we accept him. Then, the Bible says, if God didn't spare his son Jesus, how shall he not freely with him give you all things? Come on, tell your neighbor, tell the person God loves you. Tell the person God loves you. Uh, uh, tell the person no matter what you're going through now, God loves you. Regardless of what you feel, God loves you. You might feel great, not too great, God still loves you. Before you got here, God loves you. Uh, come on, before you became born again, God loves you. How will it, come on, say, li li listen to this. Before we became born again, God loves us. Now we are Christians, we doubt his love. For if not for the love of God, you wouldn't be here at all. You wouldn't even be born again. If not for the love of God. Once you get what I'm talking about, it changes the way you see things. You'll be so happy. So excited. Nothing will move you. No need for sadness. No need for bitterness. No need for all of those things. Sleepless nights. No need for all of those things. When you grasp that you and God, you are like this. Look at some third person. God loves me. Third person, I know it. I believe it. I trust him. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. I don't know how many people want to say that. But I have known and I believe the love that God has for me. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God. And God is in him. Look, come on, follow this now. Is this love has been perfected amongst us in these that we may have boldness in the day of judgment as he is so are we in the world I'm not dwelling on that for now but let me tell you something when you grasp the love of God when you grasp how much God has loved you and you know the love of God and you believe in the love of God you will never in your life another day of your life think whether you're going to make heaven or not never it is not even a consideration. 
it is never a consideration. It is not even part of what bothers you. What is left is to live for him. What is left is to live for his glory. What is left is to live like somebody who is heaven bound. Amen. Verse 18. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him. Because he first loved us. When it says perfect love casts out fear, it is not the love that you have for God that casts out fear. How many love do you have? Your love fails. Your own love that fluctuates every day. Amen. That some days you love your work more than you love God. Some days you love your car more than you love God. Some days you love your time more than you love God. When the Holy Spirit says read your Bible, you prefer to read something else. Your love fluctuates every day. If it's your love that casts out fear, you will live perpetually in fear. The love that casts us face, the love of God. Is those who are established in the love of God. Those who are perfected in the love of God. Those who have known and believed in the love of God. Those are the people who are not afraid. For those who are afraid are not perfected in the love of God. And then it says, but our response is, he, we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. If you want to accept that all things are working together for your good, you must establish that. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. When I don't like what is happening, God loves me. When I've not been at my best, God loves me. And that settles it. Because if you don't settle that, you will walk on your own capacity and strength. But when you work on the love of God, you are depending on his own unfailing capacity for your life. It changes your perception. It changes your interpretation when you know God loves you. When you know God loves you, a lot of vices and a lot of things will disappear in your life. Truth. You talk to some people. They're sad. They're full of bitterness. They're running from pillar to post. Their conscience is always going like that. And their heart is beating very fast all the time. Because they're not perfected in the love of God. You live in fear of people. You get to walk on Monday morning and you're palpitating. You're not perfected in the fear of God. In the love of God. That's not what God wants for you. Oh, you are afraid I'm never going to make it. What's going to happen to me tomorrow? Everybody has gone. What concerns you with them? Relax. God loves you. Chill out. God loves you. If his eyes are on the sparrow, I know that he's watching over me. Might not be able to explain it, but I know God loves me. Number two, we must be confident in the plan of God for our lives. Listen to this. 
We make plans. Most Many people have plans. There are some of us here, your plan was before you were 30, you want to be a multimillionaire. But maybe you are 35 now, you are not there yet. Praise God. There are some of us, plan was, by the time I get to England, I will serve God with all of my life. You know well that you haven't been doing it. For some of us, the plan is, we have plans. I want to build houses on top of Thames River at 40. It happens that you are already 50 something now. You haven't even done anything. We have plans and sometimes our plans really go bad. But you see, we are human. But when we begin to learn to trust the plan of God for our lives, we would also be able to accept when our plans don't work. Right? You see, there is a recognition, there is, there, is, there is an acknowledgement, there is something, there is a kind of confidence that comes So when you just know I know that I can make it. <laughs> no matter what may come my way, my life is in your hands. There is a confidence that it's, there is a confidence bordering sometimes on what some people would term arrogance that you have within yourself because you know that it might not be working right now but at the end it will work. Amen. You see, one and one must not be right for God to achieve two. Let me explain. You don't have to, you see, some of us are maybe into quality management and then you talk about process. You know, every part of the process must be right for you to get a product. You see, that's the way Christian's mind work also. But can I just trouble the water a little bit? Every part of the process doesn't have to work in your own eyes for God to achieve what he wants. What is the definition of right? How smart are we to tell what is perfectly right? God knows all things. We must be confident in the plan of God for our lives. If we're not confident, how can we trust him? How can we do what needs to be done? How can we trust him? We must be confident. You know, the scriptures, he say, we are confident. The voice Bible, he says, that we are confident. We are confident. We're confident. Jeremiah chapter 29, 11 to 13. For I know. God knows. Come on, tell your neighbor, God knows. God knows. He says, for I know the thoughts. Look at some 30 person, God is thinking about you. Tell the person, God is thinking about you. Tell the person, whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, God is thinking about you. Whether you're going through a raw patch in your life or a smooth one, God is thinking about you. He said, for I know the thoughts. It scares me sometimes when God makes himself human just to be able to connect to us. 
when God, when God engages in human understanding, when God engages in human reasoning just to be able to connect to us, he speaks about how much he loves us. That's why the Bible talks about Jesus Christ. Who in the very nature God consider it not robbery to be equal to God. But he brought himself down. Why all of that? For you, for me. For I know the thoughts. Come on, tell your neighbor again. Tell the person God is thinking about you right now. <laughs> now just imagine. If you get this, you will not say another day of your life. Or bother about people who don't think about you. Say nobody even remembers me. Oh, come on. Don't need nobody to remember me when God remembers me. That's not arrogance. It's just that they're human. They will fail. For them out of sight, it's out of, it's out of mind. But God is in every place. God can never be out of mind because he's always in sight. Hello? God is thinking about you. And he says, I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. Come on, see. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Why does he say thought of peace? Why does he say to give you a future and a hope? Because at the moment, you might not be able to tell that the thoughts of God have peace. Because it might not look like it. It might not feel like it. It might not be dressed like it. But it tells you, you don't know it. But the thought is for the hope, is for the future, it's for the expected end. But right now, it might not look like that. And that's why God is the one working everything together for our good. Let me tell you something. There, are, there were things you've lost or prayed about that if you add them now, your life will be bad. But you can't tell that. Oh, you're not getting this. There are jobs that you thought you could, you should, they should have taken you for that job, but they didn't take you. Thank God they didn't take you. Because there were things that God saw that you didn't see. It could be a higher paying job, but God saw that that job is the one going to destroy your faith. It could be a better job in the eyes of men, but God knew that when you get there, you're going to compromise. Let me say something. There are some things you didn't have because God thought is to give you a future and a hope. There are things you didn't get because God wants to give you an expected end. God, God is not just thinking about now. God is thinking about your tomorrow. His thoughts for you are not for now. Alone. His thoughts for you are not for you to have good bread, good job, good money. No. God's thoughts is to give you a future and a hope. An expected end. God doesn't work in your life to achieve a result for today. God works in our life to achieve a result for eternity. And that's why sometimes the thoughts are awkward and weird in our own eyes. But at the end, it will speak. The thoughts of God towards you that to give you a future and a hope. And when you lost, it's because she needed to lose it. But somebody said, but why did I have it? Because it's also part of the training. 
Uh, yeah. So why didn't I get it? Why did God? Why did God ask me to apply for a job that He knew I won't get because He wanted me to apply for it and knew you won't get, so that that's how to learn it. But if it was God that said I should do it, why did it not work? Because telling you to do it and it not work, they are part of the training. <laughs> God's thoughts is for the future is for the end. Let me tell you something. If you get this, which I know you will get by the grace of God, things will happen in your life and people will want to cry with you. You will be laughing. And tell them you don't need to cry with me because this process will end well. <laughs> you will look at someone and say, no, 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 no. Don't cry. Have you ever gone to visit someone that maybe you thought you would cry with them and while you are trying to cry, they are laughing? Have you ever been there? Somebody just lost their parents and then you want there to cry and then they tell you, come on, do you want a cup of tea? There's no need to cry. Say amen. They say, oh, you're weird. No, they're not weird. They understood what you don't. Not weird. Thoughts of peace are not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And the devil cannot do anything about it. Let me move on fast. Oh my God. God's plan for you, you must be confident in his plan. Hebrews 4, 16 says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Let us approach with confidence. In time of need, God says be confident. Whatever the need is, be confident. And many of us have been confident in the Lord and you're going through some difficult situations and you're thinking you want to back up. Please don't. Hebrews 10, 35 says, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. NIV. New Kingdom says, which has a great reward. It has a great reward. It will be richly rewarded. Don't throw it away. Because sometimes we trust God. We have confidence in God. And we're going. We're going. And then something happens and then you become weak in your heart. I want to encourage you. Don't throw away your confidence. Because it has a great recompense of reward. It will be richly rewarded. Keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on being confident in God. I will rather trust in God than in riches and diamonds and gold and silver. Some trust in horses and in chariots. But we will trust the name of the Lord our God. The Bible said they were brought down and fallen. But we are risen and stand upright. But you know the time that they trust in horses and chariots, you will be walking around on your leg and in your bicycle and they probably would have looked at you and they'd say this guy is suffering but it's a process of time it will speak hallelujah let's move on now let me read the voice again we are confident that god is able to orchestrate everybody say orchestrate god can orchestrate everything in your life to make a beautiful peace how is he going to do it? He is God. 
Each piece might not sound well on their own. God is a professional in putting together an ensemble of musicians and producing a classical music, producing a piece that will beat your imagination. But if you were to listen to the trombone alone, it might not sound well. If you are supposed to listen to the keyboard alone, it might not give you that melody. You want to listen to the conga alone, it might not. But God is a professional. He can pull the orchestra together. He can pull them together and then... While I was thinking about this, and then, you know, I just enjoyed this. That God, it's a perfect conductor. Oh, God. God, you know what God is doing in your life? As everything seems to be scattered, God is doing this. No magic conducting. Amen. God is doing that. He has an unseen button. You can't see it. Amen. He has an, you know what a button is? He has an unseen button, button, whatever. You know, he has an unseen one that he's using to control and orchestrate and pull everything together. The devil is just watching. God is putting things together for you. Tell somebody, God is orchestrating everything. Your dead person, all the sounds are coming together. All the pieces are coming together. Tell the person the keyboard is coming to the guitar. Hey, tell the person the trombone and the trumpets, they're coming together. Tell the person the drums are coming together. Everything God can orchestrate and pull together and arrange unto perfection to make a beautiful, beautiful, glorious thing happen in your life. God can genuinely, listen to this, this isn't just scripture, this is reality. God genuinely works all things together for your good. Including the mistakes that you made. Including the things that you're blaming yourself for. Everything works together for his good, for his glory. Everything works together so that all the glory might be to the Lord. All things are working together so that it will get to a place that you will sincerely say, not a song, but say clearly from your heart that let no man on earth should give glory to himself. But all the glory must be to the Lord. Everything will be perfected. Oh, I should have done that. You didn't do it his past tense. But God will work all things together for your good. Oh, it was a mistake. Yes, it was a mistake. We're not trying to dodge it. But you know what? Really doesn't mean much to God. Yeah, I said that and I'm going to repeat it. Just doesn't really mean much to God because he can walk all of those things together for your good. Anybody here, you've been through any challenge in your life and it was your fault. Many of us. But you know the truth. Why do we talk about the merciful God? Why do we talk about a gracious God? If we don't believe that we can mess about and God can make it a message, then we don't believe in the gracious God. If we don't believe that things could be wrong and God can write it, we don't believe in the merciful God. If you think you have to pay for everything you've done wrong, you don't know the meaning of mercy. Oh, I know some of you are thinking, does it not mean that everybody will pay for what they've done? You don't know the meaning of mercy because if you are to pay for the sins you have committed, you're not going to heaven. You'll have gone to hellfire. You didn't pay for the most important problem of your life. You didn't pay. And somebody is telling you you have to pay for small things. I don't know how people weigh things up. 
You have to pay for the person you abused when you didn't know what you were doing, but you are not paying for salvation. Listen carefully to this. God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. Not so that we can take him for a ride, but so that we can receive his love and respond appropriately. God cannot get straight. If you read our Bible, let's start from Genesis to Revelation, we'll sleep here. God has done it many times. I'm very sure the first ones that will come to your mind will be like Daniel. Look at the orchestration of God in the lion's den. How suddenly God can change the scenario of a lion's den to a seven-star hotel. Ow! I can't explain it. Now, if you think that wasn't God, go and jump into a zoo. And then you will suddenly realize that that was God. You are not God. Because before you land... <laughs> Uh, 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 the lion will celebrate and dance before you are eating. Look at some tell the person, only God can do that. Some people will use science, maybe the lions were not hungry at that time. Okay, you try it. Just try it. Just jump into a lion's den of 15 lions and hope that they, they are full. No, it's okay. It's okay. You will quickly realize that there is stupidity of Satan and then there is the finger of God. And you will be able to separate that the one that happened to Daniel, that was God. Amen. Look at how God orchestrated the fiery furnace. Anybody has ever gone through anything as hot as that? No, you haven't. Look at some 30 person, your problem is very small. Tell the person, that thing you are crying about is small. Tell the person, I'm not trivializing it, but I'm telling you it is small. It is small. It is small. Yes. Say, but pastor, you can't feel it. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about God. In the eyes of the almighty God, it is but small. Hallelujah. God orchestrated everything in the fairy furnace to make his glory known to the heathen king. The king looked, he said, wait, three, three people in the fire. He said, how come we can see four men loosed? And then, he said, the fourth, it's like the appearance. Even when, you see, when God works things for you, your enemies will even say, ah, God is that woman. People who don't like you, we agree that God is working in your life. That's how it works. People who thought you were never going to make it will say, wow. When the Lord turns around somebody's captivity, if you're that person, you better say, better amen. amen. It will be like a dream, but it won't be like a dream. If you pinch yourself too much, you will just see blood. I know you are alive. This is, is a beautiful God. Hallelujah. Very furnace. Turned into a dancing floor. Where guys and three guys with Jesus were just having a discussion about their purpose and next agenda. Inside the fire. Look at something inside the fire. 
Look at somebody. God is working everything together for your good. The Bible said they came out of the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar said, everybody must worship the God of these Hebrew boys. The Bible said there was not a single smell of fire on them. The air of the air was not sick. It wasn't burnt air. How can your air survive fire? They came out smelling no fire. Tell somebody, by the time the peace is complete. Now, I've got to preach to somebody. Tell the person, by the time the musical peace of your life is complete. It will be so beautiful. Everybody will want to dance with you. Beautiful. The king wanted to dance with them. The king said, come on, come on, come on. Let's worship the God of these guys. People who thought you were wasting your time serving God will beg you to serve your God. How many things can we say? Can you remember how he orchestrated Joseph's life? Look at something. God is working together for your good. When everything became bad and he became a prisoner, that was the last one to becoming the prime minister. Because the way God oppresses this, you don't have to be close to it before you get there. You, you see, you didn't get that. You don't have to be close before you get there. You know, many of us think, now, now everybody knows what's called God speed. You see, with God, it's not that you have to always move from one to two, and then to three, and to four, before you get there. With human being, before you become a prime minister, you have to be an MP. But with God, you can come straight from the prison and become prime minister. I'm not talking about prime minister of a country or England. I mean the prime minister of your purpose. You can move from nowhere to come to the place that God wants for you. In other words, God will so much have worked in your life so much that everything will have been so together that you will be thinking it's all done now and then boom! You will look around and think can somebody's story change this fast? That will be your testimony. You will look around yourself and say, can somebody really be, can someone's story change this fast? It's like a sister who's been thank, praying to God, God, her, when am I going to get married? And then she becomes old, and then this and that. And then she marries, pa, first day, married, pa, pa, pregnant, give birth, this, everything changed. Pa, one year, everything, story is past. So, who told you call Gandhius? God cannot get straight. Finally, I want to advise you. You know, times people say all things work together for the good of them that love God. And then we look at lives and we think, but why is my own law like that? Follow this. The key is this. Until you submit to God, it doesn't work. The key is that you are submissive to the plan. And that's why some translation says those who have accepted the invitation to live according to his plan and purpose. What actually, what will actually happen for it to work together for good is your acceptance and submission to the fact that I know I believe 
I trust him. I submit it to him. It will work. So there are many Christians who will quote the scripture. But when God gives an instruction, they don't obey. There are many Christians who will quote the scripture and God says, but this is what you should do. They don't want to do it. There are many Christians who would quote the scripture, but then they're not submissive to God. And then they blame God and blame Satan that things are being bad forever for them. Listen to this. You need to learn not to blame anyone and learn to submit to God. If you want God to work all things together for your good, this is the partnership. The partnership is that you submit to him. Can two really work together except they agree? Will God suspend your will and your intelligence to force you to make things happen in your life? No. And when you grasp the fact that evil doesn't come from God, you, then you know that when things are not working, you need to partner with God to fix it. And when you do not partner with God to fix it, people continue perpetually in things that are not good for them and they're wondering why is my story not changing? Are you ready to live according to his plan? Are you prepared to walk with him even when you do not understand? Are you ready to act into the voice of the Lord? Are you ready to do it the way he wants? There's no peace anywhere outside of what God as planned for you. Real comfort, real peace, real assurance, real confidence, knowing that, you know what, it will work. It's when you are submissive to the plan and the purpose of God. When someone is submissive to the plan and the purpose of God, it might not look like it, but there is a peace that passes all human understanding that will continue to guide and guard their mind. When someone is fully submissive to the plan of God, it might look slow, but they know it will work. Uh, it might seem awkward, but they know it will work. My challenge, your challenge, our challenge today is to submit to the will and the plan of God. That's the hard stuff. So when it's not working, you say, God, what do you want me to do? I surrender. For he will walk all things together. Imagine what happens back to our peace, the orchestra. Let's get back to that and imagine that while the conductor is trying to do something, then the drummer decides I'm not going to listen. Purpose destroyed. While they're trying to pull things together, that the drummer thinks, I'm a stubborn person. I'm not going to do it exactly the way it says. I want to do something else. So the conductor, the practice, the everything wants you to do, doom, doom. And then you say, you do da-da-da, da-da-da. You become a problem. And then the music is ugly. But don't forget that the entire orchestra is your life. So every area of insubordination pollutes the peace. 
Are you following what I'm talking about? Every, every area of insubordination, every area of disobedience, every area of insubordination, disregard, you know, stubbornness, and, and every area of all of that has a way to pollute the entire peace. And then, and then, and then don't blame Satan, you know, leave the guy out of it. I want you to close your eyes and bow your head and talk to God. All things are working together for good. But do you really want God to work all things together for your good? Are you going to say, God, okay, 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 okay. If you want me to give that, I'll give it. If you want me to surrender this area of my life, I'll surrender. Lord, if you want me to change, I'll change. And then you will know. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, you will know it. You will feel it. There is a peace that will be so strong. I don't know how to explain, but the Holy Spirit will teach you. There is the kind of peace that sits in your heart. I'm, I'm telling you, there is the kind of peace you have. You just know everything is alright. Not because you can see material representations. Not because it looks like it, but there is just this peace. That you are. Brothers and sisters. I want you to think about this. Is there an area of your life. That you know. You know. That you are struggling with God. God. Is not a taskmaster. Who wants to break your neck. And you know. He's just saying Son. You can have a better life. Daughter, it could be better than this. I'm telling you. Young people, listen to this. Teenagers, listen to this. Is there an area of your life that you've been very stubborn and adamant? I won't listen to what God is saying. God gives you instructions. God tells you. God witnesses to you. God is saying, no, daughter, don't do it like that. Son, don't do it like that. Okay, do this. Okay, move like this. There's this. Oh, my God. You know God loves us so much. And he continues to talk. He continues to talk. Even when we think as if he should, he should shut up. He still continues to talk. Even when we think he's enough, he's enough. He still continues to talk. That's why you're in church right now. He's still talking. You might think, okay, what's all this about? But he's still talking. Amen. You don't like it, but he keeps talking. You know why? He is a good father. 